Sermon 77 of Leo the Great, Bishop of Rome, translated by Charles Let Felto. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sermon 77 on Whitsuntide 3. 1. The Holy Ghost's work did not begin at Pentecost, but was continued, because the Holy Trinity is one in action and in will. Today's festival, dearly beloved, which is held in reverence by the whole world, has been hallowed by the advent of the Holy Ghost, which, on the fiftieth day after the Lord's resurrection, descended on the apostles and the multitude of believers, even as it was hoped. And there was this hope, because the Lord Jesus had promised that he should come, not then first to be the indweller of the saints, but to kindle to a greater heat, and to fill with larger abundance the hearts that were dedicated to him, increasing, not commencing his gifts, not fresh in operation because richer in bounty. For the majesty of the Holy Ghost is never separate from the omnipotence of the Father and the Son. And whatever the divine government accomplishes in the ordering of all things proceeds from the providence of the whole Trinity. Therein exists unity of mercy and loving kindness, unity of judgment and justice, nor is there any division in action where there is no divergence of will. What, therefore, the Father enlightens, the Son enlightens, and the Holy Ghost enlightens. And while there is one person of the sent, another of the sender, and another of the promiser, both the unity and the trinity are at the same time revealed to us, so that the essence which possesses equality and does not admit of solitariness is understood to belong to the same substance, but not the same person. 2. Each person in the Trinity took part in our redemption. The fact, therefore, that with the cooperation of the inseparable Godhead still perfect, certain things are performed by the Father, certain by the Son, and certain by the Holy Spirit in particular, belongs to the ordering of our redemption and the method of our salvation. For if man, made after the image and likeness of God, had retained the dignity of his own nature, and had not been deceived by the devil's wiles, into transgressing through lust the law laid down for him, the creator of the world would not have become a creature, the eternal would not have entered the sphere of time, nor God the Son, who is equal with God the Father, have assumed the form of a slave, and the likeness of sinful flesh. But because by the devil's malice death entered into the world, and captive humanity could not otherwise be set free without his undertaking our cause, who, without loss of his majesty, should both become true man, and alone have no taint of sin. The mercy of the Trinity divided for itself the work of our restoration in such a way that the Father should be propitiated, the Son should propitiate, and the Holy Ghost enkindle. For it was necessary that those who are to be saved should also do something on their part, and by the turning of their heads to the Redeemer should quit the dominion of the enemy, even as the Apostle says, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and no one can call Jesus Lord except in the Holy Spirit. 3. But this apportionment of functions does not mar the unity of the Trinity. If, therefore, under guiding grace, dearly beloved, we faithfully and wisely understand what is the particular work of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and what is common to the three in our restoration. We shall without doubt so accept what has been wrought for us by humiliation, 
and in the body, as to think nothing unworthy about the one and selfsame glory of the Trinity. For although no mind is competent to think, no tongue to speak about God, yet whatever that is which the human intellect apprehends about the essence of the Father's Godhead, unless one and the selfsame truth is held concerning His only begotten, or the Holy Spirit, our meditations are disloyal, and beclouded by the intrusions of the flesh. And even that is lost which seemed a right conclusion concerning the Father, because the whole Trinity is forsaken, if the unity therein is not maintained. And that which is different by any inequality can in no true sense be one. 4. In thinking upon God, we must put aside all material notions. When, therefore, we fix our minds on confessing the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, let us keep far from our thoughts the forms of things visible, the ages of being born in time, and all material bodies and places. Let that which is extended in space, that which is enclosed by limit, and whatever is not always everywhere and entire, be banished from the heart. The conception of the triune Godhead must put aside the idea of interval or of grade, and if a man has attained any worthy thought of God, let him not dare to withhold it from any person therein, as if to ascribe with more honor to the Father that which he does not ascribe to the Son and Spirit. It is not true godliness to put the Father before the only begotten. Insult to the Son is insult to the Father. What is detracted from the one is detracted from both. For since their eternity and Godhead are alike common, the Father is not accounted either almighty and unchangeable. If he begat one less than himself, or gained by having one whom before he had not. 5. Christ as man is less than the Father, as God, co-equal. The Lord Jesus does indeed say to his disciples, as we read in the Gospel lection, If ye loved me, ye would assuredly rejoice, because I go to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. But those ears which have often heard the words, I and the Father are one, and he that sees me sees the Father also, accept the saying without supposing a difference of Godhead, or understanding it of that essence which they know to be co-eternal, and of the same nature with the Father. Man's uplifting, therefore, in the incarnation of the Word, is commended to the holy apostles also, and they who were distressed at the announcement of the Lord's departure from them are incited to eternal joy over the increase of their dignity. If ye loved me, he says, ye would assuredly rejoice because I go to the Father. That is, if with complete knowledge ye saw what glory is bestowed on you by the fact that being begotten of God the Father, I have been born of a human mother also, that being invisible I have made myself visible, that being eternal in the form of God I accepted the form of a slave, ye would rejoice because I go to the Father. For to you is offered this ascension, and your humility is in me raised to a place above all heavens at the Father's right hand. But I, who am with the Father that which the Father is, abide undivided with my Father. And in coming from him to you I do not leave him, even as in returning to him from you I do not forsake you. Rejoice, therefore, because I go to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. For I have united you with myself, and am become son of man, 
that you may have power to be sons of God. And hence, though I am one in both forms, yet in that whereby I am conformed to you, I am less than the Father, whereas in that whereby I am not divided from the Father, I am greater even than myself. And so let the nature which is less than the Father go to the Father, that the flesh may be where the Word always is, and that the one faith of the Catholic Church may believe that he whom as man it does not deny to be less is equal as God with the Father. 6. And this equality which the Son has with the Father, the Holy Ghost also has. Accordingly, dearly beloved, let us despise the vain and blind cunning of ungodly heretics, which flatters itself over its crooked interpretation of this sentence. And when the Lord says, All things that the Father hath are mine, does not understand that it takes away from the Father whatever it dares to deny to the Son, and is so foolish in matters even which are human as to think that what is his Father's has ceased to belong to his only begotten, because he has taken on him what is ours. Mercy in the case of God does not lessen power, nor is the reconciliation of the creature whom he loves a falling off of eternal glory. What the Father has, the Son also has, and what the Father and the Son have, the Holy Ghost also has, because the whole Trinity together is one God. But this faith is not the discovery of earthly wisdom, nor the conviction of man's opinion. The only begotten Son has taught it himself, and the Holy Ghost has established it himself, concerning whom no other conception must be formed than is formed concerning the Father and the Son. Because, albeit he is not the Father, nor the Son, yet he is not separable from the Father and the Son. And as he has his own personality in the Trinity, so has he one substance in Godhead with the Father and the Son, filling all things, containing all things, and with the Father and the Son, controlling all things, to whom is the honor and glory for ever and ever. Amen. End of Sermon 77